how do you make the holiday season special when the magic and the wonder of the younger years is gone? As we uh, go through scripture this morning, we do reflect on the themes that are part of our celebration through this season. Themes that we've already talked about, themes like peace, hope. Now these are critical to our lives because we all want to experience them all the time, right? I mean, if there's something that we yearn for is to have peace and hope in the, in the process, um, they're essential to our state of being, who we are, and, and to wholeness in our lives. We do desire wholeness not only on Christmas, but rather it's a state of being for our souls to really bask in and, and, and be and experience and live our lives based upon. Now Psalm 116 says, Uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Psalm 34 says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is Judah's favorite psalm verse. Seek peace and pursue it. She tells me that all the time. I don't know why. <laughs> now hope and peace are active states of being. They're not just fleeting experiences. These are active positions that we take. And we'll delve today on another state of being, which is the one that I really, 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 super really <laughs> like joy. Yes. Right? Joy. We'll read two portions of text. One is in Isaiah 35 verses 4 through 6a and the other one is in Matthew 11 10 to 11 and we'll have them up here for you to read or you can read in your, in your Bibles as well. It says, say to those who are of a fearful heart be strong do not fear here is your God he will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. And our Matthew portion says, This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. 
Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Now let's pray. Father, we read these words, Lord, with open hearts. We read these words with our minds engaged. And we ask, God, that you speak to our hearts and our souls. Amen. So these past few weeks, we have imagined a lot, right? And as I mentioned at the beginning, it's hard for us sometimes to conceive of a Christmas season that will be full of what it used to be. Because when we were in our early years, the wonder, right? Uh, just just embrace that, that whole scenario of Christmas. And of course, the expectation of gifts. But then we grow out of that stage of life, and now here we are, right? Now here we are, and Christmas comes around. Now imagination is, is really, really, really so cool. It transports you to that place. The place that is not quite real, but you can almost touch it. You can almost feel it. You can almost realize it in your minds. I call it a place of wonder. Anybody, anybody remember the, 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 the first Star Wars movie? Yes. <laughs> hey, 1970. Seven? Seven? Yeah, I was somewhere around there. My memory escapes me. But I still remember when I went to that theater and that dark screen came up full of stars and then there was these words that came and just went into the far. And I was like, Woo! Right? I mean, I was gone with the words, and, and and immediately I was immersed in the world, right? That was beyond. So, how did that make you feel? See, I think that this is the thing about wondering and imagination. It makes visible but our imagination cannot palpably conceive you know that's my experience of the movie right it's like I was there now Isaiah helps us imagining an existence beyond what can be conceptualized in our moment and God uses these words to communicate to us that things can and will be different than what we're experiencing. Regardless of our present experience, regardless of our present condition, regardless of how things look now, there is something beyond that. And chapter 35 speaks about our return to a place of wellness. I mean, talk about hope, right? Whenever you hear these words of returning to a place, that means that that place has already been, correct? 
That's has already been experienced, but somehow we are invited to see that that is going to be a reality. You see, hope is seeing past the current circumstances. Hope is seeing beyond. Now the author describes the state of being in verse 2. He says, It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. See that image of blossoming. Right? What, what does it communicate if it's not life? Life coming to the fullest. To me that image is a, a place of gladness. Right? Now think about occasions, moments where you have experienced Gladness. Give you a minute. Just remember times where you have just been in that place where just joy just starts to bubble up. What was it? Where was it? How was it realized? Was it a family reunion? I know what mine was. Food. Right? When you come around the table and there's this big pig that is just being roasted for hours and hours and hours and then it's taken out and plucked on the table and you start taking the skin off cutting the meat out and people come with their plates and there's their rice and uh, music of course right I, I don't know but that is to me what it just calls being together in a meal with friends family connecting sometimes a place of gladness is having a, good, a new job right Yep. Or a new car. Or a new house. See, it goes <laughs> in increments like that. What makes you glad? Does Christmas elicit gladness? Now, it's important to acknowledge here that hope, peace, joy are not states of being that are mutually exclusive. I'll explain. It is not that we can be joyful, hopeful, peaceful, and not experience fear and grief at the same time. See, I think that that's something that our minds trick us into thinking that if I am not free of fear, or free of sadness, or free of grief, then I am not joyful. So it can be one and the other. It can be both. I can be in a place where I am peaceful and still 
Be fearful. Remember Jesus? When he was in the boat? The storm was going around him? He was sleeping. <laughs> right? Interesting, because I don't think that anybody, any human being, would not be freaked out in the middle of a storm. But he was sleeping. So I think it's important for us to place our, our, ourselves there. And this is how the text today starts. It starts with that recognition. <coughs> Isaiah directs his address to those with a fearful heart. Obviously, something was going on, right? Something that could induce fear fear in those who are listening to this. Now the verb tense used is also sort of a back to the future type experience. I'm, I'm into movies today. Uh, here is your God. You heard that, right? It said, here is your God. It doesn't say, here is going to be. It says, here is your God. And he will come. Notice that? Here is your God. And then he says, and he will come. But wait a minute. When you read that, didn't you say to yourself, well, which one is it? Is God here? Or is God coming? Right? I thought that that was clever from the author to do that. <laughs> right? I thought that it was really clever because what he's trying to communicate with us is that there is a present action. The present action is of being. And that's an implication that there's two inferences that we can get here in that present action. That there is. Right? He is there in the present. And that he will be present or presenting himself in the future. Here is your God. You could place that anywhere in time. Right? It can be now. And it can be then. You see, those are the tricks of words. Now, the present version of that is one that addresses the grieving process, the fear, the uncertainty, the lacking, and the want of the current state of those individuals, of the people that are there. It says to that, God is here. God is here and be strong. Be strong. Do not fear. Those folks who were experiencing at that point being away from home, disconnected from everything that they knew, they were lacking. Right? They were lacking. There was a yearning within. Whatever it was that their experience was, it says God is present with you. God is here. So be strong. Do not fear. Do not allow that sentiment or that feeling to overtake your mind. And then he follows. 
with the future action. The future action is interesting because the future action is one of salvation. And this is not accidental. It places God in the middle of every human lack, every loneliness, and every desolation that you might experience. Now perhaps you need to know today that God is there. That God is present with you in whatever circumstance you're going to uh, going through. Perhaps you need to know uh, His presence in the middle of the journey. Whether that's in the midst of peace and joy or in the midst of terrible circumstances that you cannot control. And not only that, but perhaps you need to know that He will come and save you. Amen. Salvation. As a matter of fact, we celebrate that He already has come, right? You see this thing about time? <laughs> it's sometimes that we're in the middle of two realities. What it is and what it is to be, but what has already happened seems to just merge in this traffic of life. As a matter of fact, that's what we celebrate. That he has already come, that he'll come, it says in Isaiah, verse 5, the eye, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. Hmm. Celebration. Now here's the problem, though. We don't necessarily see it. We're blinded by the light. There's a song. <laughs> blinded by the wrong light, as a matter of fact. There's this light that shines bright and, and it's like a, uh, like a shiner. For those who fish, they know what that is, right? And it's like distracting and it's trying to call your attention and there you go. And sometimes you go, right, and bite and guess what? It's a hook. It's a light that shines bright, but it's not true. It's not true food. We think of joy in, again, situational terms. As if joy will be true only when we experience the euphoria of a moment. Right? As if joy was only the thing when we're laughing and, and, and we're smiling. John the Baptist shows us that he is uncertain. He's uncertain about Jesus. He is questioning whether Jesus is the one Messiah. So he sends right, his disciples. Now, this uncertainness leads to uneasiness, right? He's so anxious. And he sends his disciples to confirm 
to verify. I always wondered about his motives. You baptized the guy. Didn't you present us with the Lamb of God? Weren't you the one that made the announcement to everybody that here he was? And now you're doubting? Now you're concerned? I wonder if it's because he's in jail. (laughs) Now check Jesus' response. His response is one that we need to pay attention because he uses that scenario that is described in Isaiah 35. The blind see. The deaf hear. (laughs) That's interesting. And, 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 and he goes on, right? The poor. He includes the poverty. He includes a condition that is not even a physical, necessarily, ailment, right? He includes a state, a status in society. The poor, that's how we usually see it. Poverty. Those, they will receive good news, he says. Now this one is is sometimes overlooked. And I want you to hear this because I think it's so important. Poverty refers to lacking, correct? Right? That's a rhetorical question. Apparently poverty is conceived only in terms of resources. The lack of. But we know better. Don't we? We know better than that. Because we know that you may have all the resources in the world. And still be lacking. You may be in the place that everybody would want to be. And still be lacking. If you could make a list, what is it that you're lacking today? What is it that your soul yearns for? What is that which you want to attain but eludes you? See? You can qualify. You can qualify to receive good news no matter what your financial situation is. I know that I do. I know that I am lacking. And this is the promise of God. There's good news for us. There's good news. And as with every great promise, there's a greater side to it that we may not see just yet. Look at it, verse 11 in Matthew. It says, Jesus lifts John the Baptist, not as John the Doubter. Right? He's not saying, 
Why is this guy doubting that I am the Messiah? He doesn't say that. He accepts the question as a valid question. And he actually responds to it with logic. <laughs> if you want to know, if you want to make sure, just check out what's happening. Right? So he is not putting John down because he's doubting that this is the Messiah. Jesus, as a matter of fact, lifts him up. You hear, did you see that? He doesn't just lift him up. He recognizes that this guy is a prophet like no other. An individual like no one else. A martyr. The person that is going to lose his life because of what he has done. He lifts him up and not only that, but here's the kicker. Knows that he's going to suffer death. But he sees the hope of the work that has been done. And he is pronounced as someone that is greater than all. You hear that? He's greater than all. And here's the twist. Yet. Now this is something we need to hear. We, all of us. Yet. Yet. The least in the kingdom of God, the least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. What? 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 What in the world do you mean? You're talking about John the Baptist. Right? Did you consider yourself as a prophet? I mean, can you see yourself in those terms? I mean, do you see yourself as a bright light? In the middle of the, the darkness? I mean, tell, I mean, go ahead. Tell me. How do you see yourself? Yet. Yet. The smallest in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I, I don't. I, I don't know about what you think of that. But it's not. It's just not what we expect, is it? Because what we expect is to see the prophet as the one that is lifted up. Of course. And then me compared to them. <laughs> Yet, what Jesus tells the people that are hearing this, this audience, is that not because somebody has a title, not even because somebody has a job that they have done faithfully, that means that they got it all. The least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now who could that be, right? 
Could it be I? I think, I, I truly think he's talking about me. I think he's talking about you. I think it's all of us. <laughs> I think that we don't conceive of ourselves in the right terms. Because none of us has the goods to topple John the Baptist, right? I mean, <laughs> from that perch that Jesus, Jesus just put him in. And still, we are the ones who benefit from Jesus' work. Ain't that awesome? Amen. Amen. Ain't that good news? It is. You see, we live in a society. <clears throat> We live in a time and in a culture where shame is high ranked in the top of circumstances and the ways that we see, see ourselves and the way that we put others. Shame is that rule that is bringing people to look down on themselves. I thought we had left that way behind in the 50s and 60s. You remember when somebody that was divorced was looked down upon? You remember that? That was shameful, wasn't it? According to society. According to the culture. But Jesus has done something to just lift everybody up from that situation. And today still, today still, this is what's going on around us. I've been trying to learn as much as I can of this millennial generation, my daughters. <laughs> I still don't get it. <laughs> But I've read that perfectionism is one of those things that ails this generation that hits them at the core. And I don't think there's been anything different than other generations, but the way that this generation sees it is like they have to be perfect. If not, And there's this shame feeling that comes along. <laughs> How do you feel today? Now the advent of our Lord is a celebration of what is to come, but it's already here. What is to come, but it's already here. The joy that we can experience because of that salvation of the Lord. Amen. And I don't, I don't know how to emphasize that anymore. I mean, Santa Claus is not coming, people. <laughs> right? right? That ain't it. Right. 
<laughs> Anybody remember the Grinch? Yes. Right? What was trying, the Grinch trying to do? Steal what? Christmas. Christmas. He's trying to steal Christmas. And what does he do? He goes along the little town of the Who's and takes all the things, right? Trees, presents, all that stuff. And he takes that, puts in the car, and he's going to steal all of that. And still the light comes on. <laughs> and then he says, Oh, maybe, maybe there's something more to this Christmas. Maybe the Christmas doesn't come with tags. <laughs> I tell you, I've, I've seen this movie so, so many times, I have never, ever heard that line. Maybe Christmas doesn't come with tags. Maybe there's something more to that. You see, the joy that we can experience in Christmas is not because of the presence, but because of the salvation of the Lord Amen. that we celebrate. So do not be afraid, people. Do not be afraid. Be strong. Be strong regardless of what we experience in this time. There's a lot of people that are grieving in this time because of loss. Right? They're going through a hard time because of their experiences. And here is good news to everybody. Hey, Christ will come. Christ will come. Christ will be with us. And He already is. <laughs> so we can experience that joy. Even in the midst of a storm. Even in the midst of what hits us deep in our soul. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for 